Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. Your host James, as always, here to give you more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic weekend. Um, it's actually Sunday as I am recording this. Usually the episodes come out on Saturday, but your boy got a little busy and... Um, yeah, that's all there was to it. So we're still out here giving you guys more of the greatness. And like I said, we're going to jump right in. Um, this week, um, passing Resident Evil uh, for Capcom released their Chainsaw demo. Uh, I believe it came out on PS5, Xbox, and also PC. And yeah, it's making waves, getting people excited, wetting the appetite for more Resident Evil. And as far as my experience, it's it you know it's so funny because I believe I've said it before on the show. I'm not I'm not overly excited, or at least I hadn't been overly excited for the release of Resident Evil Four, only because like I feel like it's the one uh, game in the entire series that's like super uh oversaturated and overexposed it's like on every single system and you know it's just it, it it's a um it's a bit overwhelming right and i i think like i i started entertaining the thought because i was always sure that no matter what systems came out even you know with the ps5 and series x out today um i just always knew they were going to find some way to bring you know the those original releases out to you know these modern systems and it wasn't until they did the resident evil 2 remake that i started to entertain the thought that hey resident evil 4 could be a pretty cool idea now they did release uh two and they released uh three you know as legacy titles under their re engine and of course we got um you know resident evil 7 and then we got resident evil village also under the same engine and all those games are really really cool um you know i was just speaking to someone the other day and i was saying you know what's funny is like a lot of the resident evil games are pretty action heavy and to that effect, I'm not super into the series as a whole, but the ones that lean more on, you know, the scare factor and, you know, have a deeper implementation of, of you know, the scarcity of resources and stuff like that, I can dig those. And Resident Evil 4, I think the reason why it's so high on everybody's list is because it has that perfect balance, you know, like there's that perfect balance of, you know, that that fear factor while giving you a heavy dose of you know action-packed uh scenarios and moments within the game um i've said it before like one of my favorite instances in resident evil 4 is by far the uh krauser fight um you know through the narrative of the story you understand why it is that him and leon have to come to blows but man it it just it really crescendos and, and just makes for um, an awesome game overall. But I, you know, it like again, up until this point, I really wasn't pushing for this game to get made or, 
anything like that or I, I you know like I wasn't really excited but then I played the demo and that all just changed and it's it's really crazy because when I first loaded up the demo like no lie literal panic just like set in I was just like yo I don't think I can handle this right now like you know like like if you if you know you know like if you've played Resident Evil 4 and you remember like how intense that game was you know upon first playing it it's like man like I, I felt like that and I think for me it's because I haven't played the game in so long it's been many 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 years since I've played Resident Evil 4 because like I, I you know like again I was opting out of the opportunity to play it elsewhere you know like I originally played it on the um the GameCube and you know like I've watched it come out in all its other iterations and I never touched it again I never touched it again um I will say however that that particular entry had one of the best versions of mercenaries that I remember um mercenaries is just really really cool and I think when it's you know when it's well done it just makes for an extra bonus to the overall experience like I don't think it was particularly well done in uh village which was their last game and I was a little off by that I was like bro like this is like half-baked this isn't good and I know they released uh, some accompanying DLC. I guess you can play as uh, the female villain. I can't pronounce her name. I'm not even going to try to. Um, but I guess you can run around and play as her. Um, but yeah, that was yeah that that was lost on me. But but the one they did in Resident Evil Four was was pretty dope. And I used to love just you know trying to get that high score and and you know just rack it up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I am excited now. I did play um, some of the demo. I didn't get through it. I didn't get a you know thanks for playing screen or anything like that. I didn't time out or anything. I legit died, and I said okay, okay, that's enough. You know, um, it, it's cool. You know, it looks like you know the the fresh coat of paint that the RE engine delivers. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I haven't. I didn't get enough time to like really dig into how the mechanics have changed from, you know, their original offering to now, but I'm pretty sure there are going to be some substantial changes to the way that the players engage the game. I know that there's going to be some scenarios that are going to be switched around just because, you know, they may seem a bit dated at this point. So, you know, you have to keep the game relevant to how people, you know, perceive things today. So, I, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some changes, I'm sure. Um, but I don't think they're going to change so much. It's basically like like with Resident Evil 2, like like that remake, like there was so much familiar with it, but there were enough changes to keep me on my toes. And I appreciated that. And so I'm expecting the same thing from four. Um, there's a lot of things like it, it's so funny because like um, I was going through a portion of the game, the Resident Evil 4 demo, and I picked up what I assume is uh, in-game currency, and the first thing that came into my head was, 
what you buying <laughs> like from the merchant from the original Resident Evil 4 and I'm just like what is he going to look like I I I don't I've seen the trailers but I don't know if they've shown the merchant um but I but I am excited to see the the return of the merchant um I always thought that that was like a cool uh it, it you know the merchant was almost as ease putting as like the safe room you know the typewriter it's like you saw him you knew you were you were in good space man like you you just like okay i got to get these bullets i got to get these uh, attachments i got to get this stuff i got to get it right and he's going to get me right <laughs> so you know like i i i'm excited to see that i'm excited to see um Oh, what was that big bastard's name with the beard? Oh my God, I want to, I want to see that. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a fight with the burning barn. Oh man. Well, anyway, yeah, the game's coming out pretty soon. I believe it's going to come out on March twenty fourth. I think that is. I think I'm not. I'm not sure. Twenty four, twenty six, one of those. But it, but it's it's like really soon. It's like right around the corner. So if you haven't played the demo, the demo is out now. I say give it a shot. And yeah, we anticipate a very. Um, action-packed release coming soon um what i have been playing on the norms though you know i kind of laid off a little bit um i've been heavy into hogwarts legacy and just you know beating that down and i had to kind of step back so i can you know give my other games some love and i was playing some retro games and um it's really funny because i, I i've begun to watch a lot of people do speed runs or people who have uh dissected these strategies to a science on how to beat things like mike tyson's punch out and i've just been going in those games and trying to apply the things that i'm seeing on these youtube channels and it's been pretty interesting and yeah you know i i, I you know i definitely enjoy going back and playing the games that made me the gamer i am today so spent a lot of time doing that. Um, but I did have a really pleasant surprise. And again, I don't know if it's an if it's an attribute to me getting older and being, you know, out of touch as far as the way that I get my information, because I used to be so on point knowing when games were coming out. Um, I always knew. And now it's like games come out and I have no idea. Like I literally have no clue. I like just they it's like they shadow drop or something, but they don't cuz I'm pretty sure that they they announce them and uh you know, you know they probably market them a little bit and yeah, I just I totally missed it. I mean, I remember when I first read a story on this particular game. Um I did put it in my wish list and I guess I just kind of set it and forget it. And next thing you know, like I said, it came out and I was just like, whoa, uh, the game that I'm talking about is called Paranorma Sight. Um, Paranorma, Paranorma, yeah, Paranorma Sight is a visual novel which is developed and and uh, produced by Square Enix. Um, it is a horror themed visual novel uh it kind of reminds you a little bit of you know um phoenix Wright, a little bit of danganronpa um a little bit of the nonary games um 
but it's just not that kind of setup. It's more it's more on the the part of investigating um, kind of like in the Phoenix right way. You know, you got to click a lot of this and that trying to put things together. Um, but they also have this mechanic, which, you know, is is narrated through the story um, where there are different paths. And that's how it's similar to the nonary games. It's like different ways and different angles and different people and different uh, outcomes that you um, are able to trigger based on the way that you are playing the game. So it's it's pretty dope. I enjoy it. It um, it, it's it's not a triple A title, even though it's from a triple A worthy uh, developer. Um, I think this is like like a passion project that they greenlit. Um, I was able to get this for, I think, 15 bucks. And I think the regular price that they're asking for is like 20. So, you know, I you know, um, I, I got to say I appreciate them for that for that much, because, you know, I, I, I probably would have had a hard time spending you know, uh, 50, 60 bucks on a visual novel, you know, like, like for me, like, I feel like visual novels, if they're around the 20, 30 range, then I'm okay with that. But yeah, they, you know, I, I was able to get it for 15 and that was just, that was cool. So, um, and, and my, my impression so far of the game is I enjoy it. I, they, they implemented a lot of different things. Like you'd have to play it to understand it. But there there are things that you you're not even thinking of as far as a way to engage the game. And when you figure it out, it's like it's the weirdest thing. Like case in point, there's there's this portion of this game where they acknowledge that if you if you hear this mysterious voice that basically you're going to be in peril and I remember I kept dying and dying and dying and dying. And I said, I don't understand what the heck this is talking about. What is it doing? Like, what am I missing? Like, do I have to reset this game? Like, what am I missing? And I was so frustrated, but so persistent that the one thing I attempted to do was turn the volume down on my on my system. Um. And, and and you'd have again, you'd have to play the game to like see the outcome and and what you know, again, what ways the game engages the way that you engage it. But it is like it, it is really, really cool. It, it's it's a really cool game. I think for the I think for the price, it is something that if you enjoy visual novels overall, you should invest in because it's a you know, it's a perfect kind of drop off game. It's like, you know, I got 15 minutes to spare. Let me just kind of shoot it over here and and you know play this and you know I, I don't I don't know how fast a person can finish it because like I said there are multiple paths um there's different you know like there's nothing that's linear about the game uh not even in the prologue it's like you can go wherever you want in the span of what choices they give you and you know how you know how you interact with where you've been and where you're going determines you know the outcome of how other people engage you later on so it's actually pretty cool um so yeah paranormal site um i think it's if i had to score it on a scale of one to ten with ten being you know like perfect i'd give it like a seven and yeah it's about a seven seven out of ten 
like it's good but like i said it you can you can definitely tell that it's a bit of a passion project it's nothing that's you know got a lot of uh you know tech technological prowess behind it you know it's just it's it's a game and it's fun so yeah paranormal site um man today sunday is the uh season finale of the last of us on hbo max if you haven't been watching that i highly recommend that show i've been talking so much about that show every week um and yeah this is their season finale uh today and i'm a bit sad because i don't know how to feel about how much i have been enjoying the show and i have not played these games and you know like at this point and and i've said this on the show before and i'm going to say it again if 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 the affirmation is that the characters in the game are anything like what I have witnessed in this show, I will absolutely play this new last of us part one release that is on the way. And I, and, and it couldn't be a more perfect time for them to release this game because, and this is another game that like Resident Evil four, I felt like it was a bit oversaturated. They pushed it out every single iteration, every single system, um, in the respect of Sony and it was just like too much. And I was like, dude, uh, I'm good. I don't get it. I I've played zombie games before, which is not zombies, but you know, like the concept of, of what I was playing through just kind of rung to other experiences that I had before. And I just felt like I could get those experiences better elsewhere. Um, and I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes. Like you have no idea. And I'm pretty sure I don't, but I'm sold now. The show has been amazing. I know this season finale is going to be, I, I'm hoping they leave us on a really good cliffhanger. I don't want it to feel complete. I want it to absolutely leave me wanting more because I do want to keep, continue to invest in this series. I think this series is excellent. And again, this is going to cause me to go out and buy that game on PC because, yo, I mean, I, I love what I saw, you know, and if, if Ellie is anything like she is in that show, dude, I'm 110% bought, you know, and, and it's crazy because like I've, I've played, you know, the last of us part two, just a little bit. Well, a, a significant amount. And even then I really wasn't bought into the characters. And I think, I think that was on, I think that was my bad because I didn't give the characters the chance to like really grow on me and, you know, uh, have that effect of personalizing them to my experiences or my views or anything like that. But with this show, I definitely did. And again, this, this really just puts me ahead of myself as far as what I would expect to experience with this series overall, because without this show, I can guarantee I will never, I would have never played this game. They could have released this on the PC and new, new, uh, you know, current, gen current generation consoles. I would have completely skipped this game if this show did not exist. And it is because of the show. And people can't believe when I tell them that I'm like, dude, yeah. Like the only reason I will play this game now is because the show was so good if the show was not as good as it was, I, I wouldn't have played as well. It just wouldn't have been a thing. 
but because the show just executed on all four cylinders, it was just it was it's amazing. And, I, and I'm going to play. Um, I can't wait for them to. I, I hope I hope they have a. I, I don't want to say a quick turnaround for a second season. But I but I don't want to wait years and years and years. I really, really don't. I don't want to wait years and years and years. I hope they, you know, take a significant amount of time to really craft the continuing story of everything. But I want them to get back to form with some kind of hurry in their, you know, in their step. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen The Last of Us show, you must check it out. It's going to be to your benefit at this point because you'll have the entire season just laid out right there for you to binge every single thing season finale is tonight check it out and yeah can't wait for the last of us um on current generation consoles i think it's coming out coming out on playstation before it comes out on pc i i and i say current generation consoles i i'm sorry it is not coming out on xbox i don't you know that's a sony exclusive that's their thing but pc um sony's been in you know ingratiating and engaging pc players a little uh more today than they have ever been uh, in the past and you know there's a a bevy of games that are available on pc now like your god of wars your spider-mans and the like and it's been actually pretty cool so looking forward to that and we'll see how we'll see how the finale uh ends tonight i'm super excited um some news i read yesterday little off on the side of uh, TV shows. We're heading into the movies now. Um, Megan 2.0 has been greenlit and is slated for a 2025 release. Um, both of the, I don't know their names, but well, obviously the character who plays the killer doll, Megan, is going to be returning as well as um, the uh, the little girl who plays uh, the traumatized uh, kid uh, in the movie, uh, Katie. And so they'll be returning. The movie's going to be slated for 2025. I, you know, like I said, I think the the movie itself, I think, I think the producers did a really good job in marketing this movie to the widest audience that they possibly could get. You know, that that viral dance went crazy and it got a lot of younger people to pay attention to it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't hung out there as just this as just this, uh, you know, same type of horror movie. Um, it really stood out on its own. And I mean, yeah, it drew some comparisons to other, you know, movies that may be slightly similar in the way of like Child's Play or whatnot. Um, but it's really made a lane of its own and it's been, it's been really, really cool. Um, I think I said it already, you know, they, I know they had touted their whole unrated version and I watched the unrated version and there was nothing different about it, but I definitely think that with this, that's one thing they do have to focus on with this next Megan, they need to cut an R rated version. They have to cut an R-rated version and do your PG-13 version and make sure to release that R-rated, 
you know, on demand or something so that people can really get that. Cause, cause I mean, everybody knows that that doll is not just going to kill three people, you know, in an entire span of a movie. It's going to be bedlam. It's going to be a lot of people dying. Um, and you know, I feel like it's so crazy. Cause like in the original movie, you know, you get about three people, three people dead and a bunch of people hurt, but uh, no, no, it, it just, no, no. So I, so I'm, I'm excited for them to continue uh, making this a franchise, but they got to step their game up with, with, the, with the carnage. She has to come back better than ever, dude. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like, but yeah, there, uh, Megan 2.0 is on the way 2025. Um, back to some gaming news. Uh, Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse has recently released and I I personally am not too excited. Um I haven't played a Fatal Frame game in quite some time. I think the last time that I experienced that franchise was with Crimson Butterfly and I think I think at this point they have what five or six games out now. So it, it's been it's been a cool minute. Um but I really, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like the developers, I, you know, like I, first off, I don't think it's the same developers that had developed those classics so many years ago. Um, you know, it's kind of like how they treat Silent Hill over at Konami. It's like, you know, they give different people turns to kind of interpret their version of horror and, you know, they never seem to be in lockstep or feel you know, genuinely connected in any way. And I feel like that's the same thing with this one. Like it just doesn't genuinely look like it's a part of the franchise. I feel like they could have slapped a whole different name on it and it could have stood on its own to just be whatever game it wanted to be. Um, but I, you know, they, they slap fatal frame on it and hopes that it's going to sell because fatal frame is a popular, uh, <clears throat> uh, entity, but, <clears throat> I don't know. I just I just feel like their focus is not where it needs to be over at Tecmo. And um what I would really like to see is I would like to see them give Fatal Frame the Resident Evil treatment and I think they need to build a whole new engine from the ground up. Um and I think that they need to they what they need to do is they need to give us those original games and they need to really hone in on the modern technology to really make those games as scary as they can be today because i know that people today would truly appreciate at the very least give me like give me like the first three games give me the first three games just just do the trilogy and leave the rest alone make them with a new engine you know modernize them so that they make sense today and man, I, I swear, Fatal Frame will be like right back on top as one of the scarier games. Because I remember for a time, you know, back in the day, it was like Resident Evil wasn't the quintessential, you know, uh, horror game. It was like it was toss ups. There was like, OK, it could be Resident Evil, but it might be Silent Hill. But it I think it's Fatal Frame, you know. I, it, but it could be eternal darkness it's like there were so many ways that you could you could uh go about experiencing horror and nobody really stood on the top of the hill as you know as the king that beats all 
Um, but for a long time, I remember like Fatal Frame used to have me like genuinely scared. And I, I think I think, you know, like, OK, so like with Resident Evil, I think a part of the fear is like feeling overwhelmed and not able to not you, you don't it feels like you don't have enough to deal with everything that's being thrown at you. So like you, you know, you got zombies coming out of every freaking room. You got these big monsters that are creeping around police stations and hunting you down and all that stuff, other stuff. And you only have 12 bullets for everything. Like, yeah, that's pretty intense. Um, but with Fiddle Frame, I think what used to really get me in a panic with that game is that you're creeping around in these in these derelict rundown, you know, uh, villages and stuff like that. And you only have a camera. You only have a camera. And yeah, the camera's special and the camera's awesome and the camera has these these hidden powers, but it's a camera. And like that right there is about as intense as it can be. Um and I just know, I know that they could really make this game something if they revisited those original games. What a lot of people don't know and I was privy to uh, a long while ago. I remember back when we used to have uh, video game magazines. And I, I can't recall whether it was EGM or uh, GamePro that I was reading. But I remember when they had an interview with uh, some Tecmo uh, developers. And they were talking about the concept the concept of fatal frame like they didn't even have a title for it at that point and i remember them saying what they were going to base it on and how they were going to um present it and originally originally the game was going to be about an old man it was going to be about an old man not a, not a young lady because most of the games, for the most part, have revolved around, you know, younger people. Um, but this one was about an older man. And I I don't know if he had the camera or or if they said they were going to use the camera. But I know they, they said it was going to be simple because he was just going to have a backpack and his flashlight. And I remember that. And, and I was, like, so intrigued. And I'm like, yo this game sounds like, and they were saying it was going to be like a horror game. And I'm like, this is going to be crazy, but I don't know how I feel about playing as an old man. So I guess I got to see what they come up with. And then they ended up changing a lot of it, obviously, and making it about, you know, like I said, uh, younger people, some, something that's more engaging to the people that were actually going to be playing it, which I totally get. I totally understand that. Um, and yeah, they, they, did a really good job um but man heck that that would be a good uh good thing for them to revisit if they decided to um you know return to form in any way i think again them going forward and and continuing to um push games with the fatal frame name on it um while it's admirable i think it's really a waste of time and i really think that they have to learn from you know the the developers around them and just, you know, just take a couple of steps back, 
get things back into perspective, and and that's it. I mean, hell, Silent Hill's going to do it. You know, Silent Hill's going to do it. Now, now I, I I've already said before, like even though they're going to release a, a remake of the second game, I wish they would do it on the first one. I wish they, I wish they would actually do just you know. I think it's something about a, a trilogy that you you know like you should have a right to just kind of revisit and say we're going to do this over again and we're going to make this for our fans who who were believing in us then and we're going to make some new fans now and that would just be really cool and and yeah like Silent Hill 2 remake that's been you know it's it's been years and years and years we should have had one of those but if 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 they ever announced that they were revisiting the original Fatal Frame or Crimson Butterfly, man, I would I would just be completely terrified, but also very very excited. So Fatal Frame, uh, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. If you are a fan of Fatal Frame and you don't mind uh, the detours that the franchise have taken as of late, you may want to check that out. Um, lastly, I wanted to talk about something that has been on my mind and, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty decent of a conversation that I wanted to engage. I was sitting and I was thinking and I'm like, yo, handhelds are actually pretty awesome. And I'm saying this as I hold my steam deck as my primary, uh, gaming unit. And I started to think, I said, well, there's been many handhelds. There's been a lot of different handhelds. And what handhelds can we truly consider the best? Cuz I mean there I mean for everything for every handheld that's come out, many of them can be seen as a point of convenience. But then there are a lot of them that are just really revolutionary. And you know, it, it just it really takes something to like put notice on how amazing these technologies were within the time that they existed at the peak and the height of their excellence. It's like, yo, least we forget, don't forget that these handhelds exist. So we're going to go through my five um handhelds that I think just should always receive praise and always be on people's brains. And if they don't know, now they'll know. And yeah. So number one, and these are not in any particular order. All right. So I'm not saying that one's better than the other one, but you know, this is one of those questions that if I was on a deserted island and I could only bring five, you know, well, why would I bring five handhelds? But you know, but if I could bring these five handhelds, um, which ones would I bring? Or if, you know, if I chose these five and none of the others existed, which five would I choose? These are the five. Um, the first is going to be the 3DS XL. I think the Nintendo 3DS um, was a phenomenal machine. I think it did everything right that they had originally done with the DS, which was awesome in its own right. But the 3DS was just on a whole different level. And, you know, it's so funny because I remember 
I remember the 3DS launching, and I remember that Nintendo really botched that launch because they came out and they had a price point that was closer to what you'd expect at the time to spend on a console, and they wanted that for their handheld. And nobody was going out and buying those things. Like, they, people were literally... I don't want to say fighting back, but they were they they were taking notice like, yo, you're not going to get me for that much money over a handheld. And Nintendo, they acted real quick. They acted super quick. Um, They turned around and they um, I think they slashed off one hundred dollars off the price or one hundred and fifty or something like that. And they you know, that was their staple price going forward. And they started to move units. And then, you know, obviously with the release of accompanying games like your Mario's, your, uh, your Metroid's, your, uh, Pokemon's, obviously you're going to sell a ton. And the 3DS just had a really just excellent lifespan. I still, to this day, have my 3DS, um, XL. I think a lot of the concepts that I enjoyed about the 3DS is I, I really enjoyed, um, what I don't know what they called it, but it was like basically it was like basically everybody had a 3DS and whenever you passed anybody with a 3DS, then they would, you know, join their their me would join in on, you know, your system and whatnot. And you would see what countries they came from. I remember I took my 3DS to Disneyland one time and I got people from so many different countries. It was crazy. Um, and I and, and I had never I had never visualized the concept in my mind to to do that and it was just awesome you know and you know the the system had a lot of really cool games that came out on it and just again it's a staple i still carry mines today so the 3ds is 3ds xl one of the best systems ever um two is you know this is my this is my kind of love letter um it's the ps vita you know I, i feel like the ps vita it it get it gets the credit that it deserves. It surely does, but I feel like this is the one system out of all the systems that I can mention that just really didn't get the opportunity to live its full potential. Like I don't think it got a chance to like really be out and and do everything that it could have done. Um. You know, the system launched okay. The system had great titles, you know, um, within the you know, span of its first year. And I, I still remember, like, when I first played uh, Uncharted, I think it was called Golden Abyss. I think that's what it was called. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. But, but they had a, they had a uh, Uncharted Vita game. And, I mean, yo, it played just like the consoles man it was insane um i used to love playing unit 13 um you know they they i remember that was like the place that i would go and play uh dragon's crown um i there there's just so many different memories that i have with the ps vita and i you know i'm still to this day just lost on what happened with that system like i like i feel like i feel like after two years sony just gave up and they just let it go the way of the dodo and it was just like really 
depressing and really unsettling um because because everything that that they that they needed to do up to that point they were doing it but then they just stopped and and i don't know if it was because nintendo was just you know i mean because nintendo was always going to outsell them and and i think that i think that conceptually Sony couldn't fathom not overtaking Nintendo in the handheld market, but that that's a fool's thought. Like you, you, nobody should ever think that that like literally Nintendo has a vice grip on handhelds, especially now with the Nintendo Switch. Like they're they're never gonna let go of that market. So you either will invest and see if you can pull you know generate some of that off of the people who may only have slight interest in nintendo or you just don't invest in this way at all and i think that you know they had a good thing with the psp they elevated they elevated it with the ps vita and then they just gave up it's a sad sad thing dude it's such a sad thing you know like this is on par almost with the way that i feel about the Sega Dreamcast, you know, because the Sega Dreamcast was one of those things that was just full of so much potential. But for PlayStation to have such resources that they have and all of the, I mean, they have some of the best games, best series, just best offerings. They had the, they had the best uh, back catalog on the Vita. You can go on there and get PS1 games, you can go on there and get games that were previously only released in PAL regions and only in Japan. And, you know, it was just it was it was a cool system. And again, just like my 3DS, this is a system I still carry today. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I I get so angry when I think about I get so angry when I think about the PS Vita not being on like their second or third iteration. It's like it's not fair. It's really not fair. I feel like this system should have yeah, they 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 should already be on a whole new handheld. I hope they revisit it. You know, it's crazy to look at them um bring out the PSVR2, you know, and like I think I mentioned it on on the last show like I don't think VR is going to be something that's going to be so engaging that it's going to revolutionize the industry. But if they focus on a technology that allows them to bring console worthy gaming to people's hands with reasonable output, you know, and and just a bevy of of games and experiences in hell if there's a way to make it transitionable where you say okay i started playing monster hunter over here got home now i'm playing it on my ps5 picking it up right where i left off on my ps vita 3 like bro like that's what they should be thinking about that's what they should be doing um but yeah i i I think they i think they just got real scared of nintendo with their vice grip and they don't have a way to shake it so but you know they they do they do pretty good on their home console market. They kill it with that, and they you know they've got people to the point where they're you know willing to pay five hundred dollars for a system and seventy dollars for games. So kill it. 
Um, <clears throat> my next one is back in the uh, back on the umbrella of, of uh, Nintendo, and it's the Game Boy SP. Listen, Game Boys have been the standard for gaming, right? And I've had them all. I've had the game original Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game, you know, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP. Bro, this mess was the joint. And I remember it being so cool because it it okay, because at that point, I think most of us gamers who grew up appreciating Nintendo, loving Nintendo, I think at that point, a lot of us were in that transitional stage where we're like, ah, it, is this kind of like a kid thing? Like, are we still playing games? Like, how do I look, you know, with a Game Boy Advance on college campus? Like, this is kind of crazy. But they made it cool to continue playing games, to be quite honest. Um, they have this clamshell design on these systems, and they were just dope. They they uh they looked similar to a lot of the cell phones that people were running around with at the time you know we didn't have touchscreen phones at that time um you know most people were running around with clamshell phones so to have this system emulate the style of these phones that were available everywhere i mean people could kind of you know like it, it I don't I don't want to say they could they would be posing, but, you know, you didn't have to compromise your the, the way people perceived you. It's like, oh, that, you know, that thing that, that he has in his hands looks cool. Is that a phone? Oh, no, it's a video game. What the hell? You know, like like that. That's how I took it. And I remember I had um, I had the um, the electric blue one. Oh, my gosh. Like I used to catch so much attention with that thing. And it was just, it was the coolest machine. Um, you know, I, I played it everywhere I went. The screen was super bright. Just just a, just a fun version of the uh, the Game Boy Advance. Um, my, my next one, my number four, uh, obviously, you know, it's going to hit my list, is going to be the uh, Valve Steam Deck. Um, the Valve Steam Deck, man, I, I mean, I've said it before i won't spend too much time on it you know it's it, it's it's just great i don't think it's anything on my steam deck that i haven't been able to play and if i'm not able to play it more than likely i'm not that interested in it anyway like i'm not really mad that you know like i'm not playing modern warfare 2 on it i mean i'm pretty sure it can play it but i gotta go through all these hoops to get it to play so now nah, i'm good but everything that I've been generally interested in that I've wanted to play, I can play it on my Steam Deck. And it's just crazy to think that I'm having, you know, and this is what I was saying about the PS Vita, you know, if they were invested in these current times, like it is possible to have, you know, uh, modern day gaming on the go. And that's what Steam Deck is actually proving. They're literally proving this. Like I am, bro, I am like, at my desk or on a bus and I'm playing triple a titles and yeah you know it comes to the you know sacrifice of battery life or whatever but if if I'm you know if I'm somewhere where 
I can take battery out of the equation, then I'm killing it. Because I don't see anybody else at, you know, like at Starbucks, you know, if I'm having a coffee and I'm chilling, I don't see anybody else in there playing Monster Hunter World. I don't see anybody else in there playing Madden, you know, 23. I don't see anybody else in there. Like, bro, I'm I'm playing games and, I, and I'm doing it with people actively, you know, through multiplayer and everything. Like, I'm I'm there. I'm present. I'm engaging my people on my Steam chat and all this other stuff, bro. It's the machine is crazy. And I can't wait for their second iteration. You know, I cannot wait for them, you know, to implement more technology, better upgrades, more versatility. You know, like I they already are killing it on the versatility point. Cause like I said, there's no place that I cannot be, or there's no place that I would be where I feel like I'm not able to take advantage of that machine. That machine makes everything better. I go out and I do laundry with my damn Steam Deck. You know, it's like crazy. It, it's, a, it's a great machine. Um, and number five, obviously, the number one, you know, even though I said I'm not doing these in any particular order, it's the number one handheld in the world, bro. It's the Nintendo Switch. Um, Nintendo is crazy. And Nintendo has been crazy for a long time. Nintendo has has truly been fearless on the level of innovation and creativity. And, you know, we through through these through these generations of consoles coming out, you know, we've been literally polling for, you know, these companies to make bigger, stronger, better systems. And Nintendo has always walked to the beat of their own drum and you know like the wii was was a perfect system i love the wii the wii u came out that was a little confusing but they really put their ankle in it when they came out with the nintendo switch like it was just as confusing as the wii u but it was it was so much it was so so much allure like the nintendo wii it was just it, it was it it is an attractive system it is an amazing system it's it's super cool to have a nintendo switch um for their purpose they got everything right and they continue to do everything right you know the one thing that i was that that i would tell people because like people would be like oh well, well it can't play this game it's like because it's not supposed to it's supposed to play what Nintendo develops, what they, you know, it's optimized for a Nintendo experience. So why would it do anything else? And I mean, while I appreciate the fact that, you know, Nintendo does allow, you know, developers to bring cloud versions of particular games and stuff like that. I don't think it's necessary. I think if Nintendo just does what Nintendo wants to do and they just keep doing Nintendo things, they will always rule the roost. They will. They will always rule the roost. I mean, their system is just amazing. And while I don't I don't think that people by proxy play the switch the way that it was originally meant to be played, because, you know, like I remember conceptually, it was like, oh, you know, you can take off the Joy-Cons, you can turn them sideways and then they can bring two more and you got four players on one screen. Ah, You know, like now they got the, the light version and the OLED versions and like, bro, they're killing it. 
And I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, they should totally make a pro version. No, the pro version will be called Nintendo Switch 2 or they'll make another Nintendo something. I, I'm, I'm telling you like this. I think whatever Nintendo does for their next console is still going to be handheld because because the one thing that is for certain is that Nintendo has always dominated the handheld market. My list has three Nintendo entries. And they're not the only people that make handhelds. There have been many, many, many other people that have made handhelds. Many notable handhelds at that. But Nintendo just does it better. What do you think? Uh, what's your favorite handheld of all time? What do you consider to be the best handheld of all time? Are you into Fatal Frame? When is the last time you've played a Fatal Frame game? Are you excited for this Mask of the Lunar Eclipse? Um, are you going to be watching The Last of Us season finale tonight? I'm so sad. But yeah, um, are you going to be watching that? Are you going to be picking up the game that's going to be coming out, uh, Last of Us Part 1? Um, what do you think about Paranormal Sight? Uh, have you picked it up? Have you even heard about it? Do you enjoy visual novels? And are you going to be picking up Resident Evil 4? Did you play the demo, the Chainsaw demo? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear what you guys got to say. You guys can always hit me up on social media. Um, you can listen to this podcast on everywhere from iTunes to Spotify um, or wherever you listen to your favorite uh, podcast. So with that being said, you guys already know the deal. I'm going to get out of here. You guys have an awesome weekend and do me that favor. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>